Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk, <coughs> chapter 1. He said, Preacher, where is the book of Habakkuk? I'll make it real easy on you. Go to Matthew. You go back about two or three, four books, and you're going to be there. Okay? If you start in Genesis, you'll still be looking for it when I'm done preaching. Amen? <laughs> It's only, it's only three chapters, but start, start Matthew, go back, Malachi, and, and go back. And it's right, right back there, just pretty close to, to Matthew. If you would, please stand for the reign of God's Word, if you're able to. I'm giving you a chance to look for it here. I'll talk just for a moment. Amen. And if you can't find it, just stand there, hold your book open, your Bible open, look smart, and just listen to me read it, okay? And uh, you say, Preacher, have you ever done that? You know what? <laughs> As a pastor, even there's been times I've been I've been at meetings and somebody will call out one of the uh, one of the little prophet books, and uh, we call them little prophets, the minor prophets, and they're not minor by the way; they are major. They're just we call them minor because generally their their books are so small, but they have great things to say. And uh, but you got one wedged in here and there once in a while, and I'll be and I'll turn over it, past it several times, and finally I'll just stop and put my hand in it like I found it, and I'll just look at the preacher. Amen. <laughs> and that's what most of you do all the time anyway, so it doesn't matter. All right. And uh, the only problem we're going to have is if you have trouble finding the book of Genesis. All right. Then we're going to have a talk. But anyway, Habakkuk. I, see, I'll give you a little extra time to find it there. And, and if you didn't, that's okay because it is a little bit hard to find sometimes. Habakkuk chapter one. Begin reading verse one. Says the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou wilt not, and thou wilt not hear. Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth come pass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Behold, ye among the heathen, in regard and wonder, wonder marvelously, for I will work to you a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though I, it be told you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation which shall march through the breadth of the land and to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses also are swifter than the leopards. They are more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from far. They shall uh, fly as the eagle that hasteth to eat. They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind and they shall gather the captivity as the saying, and they shall scoff at the kings, and the princes shall be a, be a scorn unto them. They shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and keep it. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing this his power unto his God." 
Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine holy one? We shall not die, O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment. And O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. Thou art of a purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue, when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he. Look with me back in verse 1. It says, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, The Burden. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we sure do need your presence, need your hand in everything that's said and done. Lord, we're not here just to go through the motions. We're not here just to say we've been to church. Lord, we want to hear from heaven. We want to hear from the Word of God. We want the Holy Spirit to do with our hearts and draw us near unto you. Lord, there may even be this day someone sitting in this auditorium or maybe listening by and watching by live stream, Lord, that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. If they were to die today, they do not know that they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that you would convict them, draw them to you. Lord, that they might receive Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late. But Lord, I pray as we look into this message, Lord, of Habakkuk, the burden. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Many are carrying burdens today. Many are into this new year and the burdens are already beginning to pile up upon them. Lord, I pray that you'd just relieve us of that burden, lift that load, strengthen us today for your honor and glory. May Jesus Christ be magnified. May you be glorified. And we'll give you the honor and glory. We'll thank you for us praying in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Habakkuk was a prophet during the time of King Josiah and through that period where Jehoiakim was. Uh, Josiah was the last good king. You find as you go through there, you find that the, the, you have, the, have all of the, what we call Israel today, but it, you had the two kingdoms. You had the northern kingdom, which was, was Israel, and there was ten tribes in that, but then you had the two uh, uh, southern tribes, which was Judah, and they were separated. This happened after King Solomon had taken over or had died. And so what you have is in the northern kingdom, the majority of the kings, and there was very few kings in the northern kingdom that were good kings. They were wicked. They were vile. They did not follow the word of God. They, they followed after the idols and the pagans of, of, the, of the area. And, and God brought in captivity into their lives and, and brought a, a lot of things that was destruction in those areas. You get down into the southern kingdom and there were several good kings that followed the Lord, but there was also some bad kings. King Josiah was the very last king that lived in the, in the southern uh, uh, kingdom uh, of Judah that, had, that was, a, was a good king. And after he died, then they had all wicked kings that did not follow the word of God and did not uh, uh, do what they were supposed to do. Well, Habakkuk falls into that time from Josiah on. And so he's seen all the wickedness going on in the children. Uh, we call them the children of Israel, but uh, of God's people there in, in the southern kingdom. You find at this time uh, when Habakkuk is writing this that the northern kingdom is already in captivity. They've already been carried away into captivity. They're already under bondage. And now we find that uh, the, the wickedness of these other kings that's coming in, that God's about ready to do something here. Uh, basically, uh, and you might, if you look at, that uh, at Habakkuk, Habakkuk means to embrace. Uh, 
Okay, it means to embrace. And Habakkuk was trying to embrace his day. He was trying to get some answers out of it. He had all kinds of questions. In fact, uh, Habakkuk many times is referred to as the prophet of questions. And the reason for that is that he was questioning God. And what we just read there, you'd have to go back and read it slow and look at it close. He was basically asking God this. There's all kinds of wickedness going on in our, in our kingdom. Your people, God, are living in sin. They're not obeying. There's injustices. There's inequality. And there's all kinds of things happening that is against the word of God, against God himself. Why aren't you doing something about it? Why aren't you doing something, God? Why are you allowing all this wickedness to happen? And, and it just seems like, God, that, that you're not doing anything. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever wondered? God, it seems like here we are in, in America. We're living in what we call a, a, a Christian nation. And, and man, we've got, we got homosexuality. We've got uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, the marriages between man and, and man and woman and woman. And we got, we're telling kids that, uh, that they can be uh, anything they want to be. doesn't matter how they're born. And, and on goes the vileness of everything that's taking place. We look at what's happening in, in Washington. We look at what's happening economically. We see wars all over the, all over the world. And we see uh, problems. I look today just to kind of get an idea of how many wars or conflicts that's going on. There's 27 major conflicts going on in the world today. 27. Uh, of those, there's... there's uh, uh, I want to say seven major wars that's actually taking place in the world today. And we see all this taking place. We see all the injustices that are taking place, even in our own nation. We look at it locally and we see things that we think, man, this isn't right. We look at Christians' lives and we look at the church and we say, man, there's some things going on in church and in Christians' lives. Those who claim to be saved, they're not living like they ought to be living. They're not lifting up the Lord. They're not doing what they ought to be doing. And we come into 2024 with a burden. This is what Habakkuk was facing. And he had a burden. So his burden was that he's seen all the sins. He's seen all the injustices of the people. But he didn't see God do anything about it. Hmm. Have you ever heard somebody when they talk about the school shootings? <coughs> Columbine and different ones and even since then and people said, well, we're praying for the families and somebody comes up and says, well, where was God? Why did God allow that to happen? And many times there's been situations that I've dealt with people and talked to them and, they, and they've re really raised the question, where was God? Why would God let this happen? And it's a burden on their lives because this burden that they're carrying, they're seeing these things happen that they know shouldn't be happening. And they're saying, where's God? What's God doing? And many times what we see in the world today, sometimes we step back and say, God, that isn't right. It just seems like the, the wicked get their way and do what they want to do. And those who are trying to do right seems like they're getting the short end of the stick and it, What's happening here? And it becomes a burden. A burden in people's lives. There's different types of burdens that we face and in our lives. We'll talk about that just a little bit. But we find here that Habakkuk cried unto the Lord with a burdened heart. Look at verse 2. 
He says, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And that will not hear. Look what he's saying there. He said, I've been calling unto you, Lord. Evidently, you don't hear me. He said, How long shall I cry? And that will not hear. Even cry out unto thee of violence, and that will not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity? Otherwise, you've seen all this stuff going on. And cause me to behold grievance, all these things that's happening. For spoiling and violence are before me. And there are, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore, the law is slacked. And judgment doth never go forth, for the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Wherefore, wrong judgment proceedeth. And we, we see all this happening even in our day, don't we? We say, well, I don't understand it. What's happening, Lord? Don't you see this? And many times we pray about these different things and... It may be some of the things about, you know, for our nation, why we're, we, we get down, you know, it comes down towards election times and whatever about maybe bills being uh, put forth in, in, in the government and stuff like that. And we get down and, boy, we pray and we pray, Lord, would you do this and would you stop this or would you bring this about and everything? And then it goes just the opposite way. And we say, Lord, what's happening? Lord, don't you see this? Lord, don't you realize what effect this is going to have on the church? Don't you realize what effect it's going to have on our children? Lord, don't you realize what's going to have effect on our, our businesses, on our, in our, our livelihood, or maybe uh, our marriages? And, and on goes the list. We look at this and, and we say, Lord, we don't understand this. That's what Habakkuk was saying. And he was crying out to the Lord in verse 2 there. The very first cry that you see is a different word from the second cry. The first cry is like this, Lord, I'm calling unto you. Lord, would you hear me? It's like a prayer. And it was, that's what it was. He's calling unto the Lord. Just like you and I would get real serious about praying and calling the Lord. But if you look at the, at the, uh, at the Hebrew word and the, the second Hebrew word for call, it's a completely different word. And it's more like this, Lord, what's going on? Say, preacher, why'd you scream like that? Because some of you need to wake up. <laughs> Just kidding you. But that's the, type, the two different types of cry that he did. He said, Lord, don't, don't you see it? And he was basically with everything within his being, he was calling on the Lord. And he had this burden. He said, I see all this happening and I don't understand it. Just as in the days of Habakkuk, we often raise that same question. Why does God permit this to continue among his own people, the iniquity, the injustice, the strife, and disobedience to the word of God? We've all seen that. We've all seen people who claim to be Christians, and yet they're not living for the Lord, and all kinds of things are happening there, and they're doing all kinds of things, or not just the, the Christians, but also the lost world. In, in, in our day, we see also the burden and the iniquity and the injustices of sin and of our nation. Most of all of those we, who profess to be Christians, we see that. And it seems as though that they're getting by with it. And there's no judgment. There's nothing that stops them. And it begins to weigh on people. And they begin to say, where's God at? The psalmist seems to ask the same question. Psalm 73, verses 2 and 3 says, But as for me... 
My feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. He said, I'm going through a difficult time. He said, I'm slipping here. I'm about to fall. And then look at verse 3. He says, for I was envious uh, at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said, I, he said, I was struggling. And I looked around me and it seemed like those who didn't want anything to do with God it seemed like those who didn't want to live for God, it seemed like those who, who were living wicked lives, they're prospering. And boy, they're, high, they're, they're living high. And they're, boy, they're, they're, everything seems to be going their way. And it's as though they're, and this burden is on their hearts saying, Lord, I just don't understand this. And, and I know that you're there, but Lord, what's happening here? Habakkuk was struggling with this. He was struggling with it. Well, Habakkuk was calling the Lord, and the Lord did give him an answer. Look with me in verse 5. He says, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously. That's what he says, For I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. You know what the Lord's saying here? He said, Well, I'm doing a work. He said, I'm already, could I put it in our terms? I'm already on it. I'm going to do a work. They said, if I tried to explain it to you, if I tried to show you what it was that I'm doing, he said, you wouldn't even believe it. That's how great a work it is. Folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. This world is getting darker by the moment and getting more wicked by the moment. And more vile, and we're seeing more stuff. And can I, can I tell you, just hang on, because it's going to get worse. But hang on. You may have a burden and say, Lord, I don't understand this. But God says, but I'm on it. And he's doing a work. He said, I'm doing a work, even right now, that Lord says, if I was to show you, if I was to tell you what's going to happen, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't understand it. Habakkuk looks at that and, and the Lord's trying to get him to understand. God is challenging Habakkuk to open his eyes and to look around him to get a worldview of what God's doing. You say, well, what was he doing? Well, the Lord was raising up a man that we know very well by the name of Nebuchadnezzar at that time. He was going out and he was conquering other nations. And he was getting ready to bring in the Chaldeans into the, the southern kingdom. He was getting ready to do a work and to bring the southern kingdom that had rebelled against God, that had turned away from the Lord, and he was getting ready to bring them into captivity. Look at verse 6. It says, For, I, for lo, I raise up the Chaldeans. Notice what, how he describes them here. That bitter and hasty nation which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. You see, it may seem like the Lord's not doing anything, that you can live to do what you want to do and just live any old way. But there's coming a time when he'll bring the Chaldeans in. If you read on through the description of the Chaldeans, 
And then you listen to Habakkuk there. Habakkuk then, after the Lord tells him who's coming in to fight against him, who's going to take him into captivity, then Habakkuk begins to back up and says, wait a minute. He said, those are the most vile people. Those are the most unrighteous people. Those are the most wicked people that there are. And you're going to allow the very wicked to bring those who should be righteous that are your people, you're going to allow them to bring us into captivity? I think the Lord probably said, told you you wouldn't believe it. So, what are you trying to say, preacher? God will many times use the most vile and wicked people to get his people to turn to him. Sometimes it takes all the difficulties and the struggles of life to get us to where we need to be. Sometimes it's, it got, we've got to get under that burden before we understand where we need to turn. Sometimes we've got to get under such a heavy burden that we can't handle it anymore so that we will turn to the Lord. And that's what the Lord was getting ready to do. He was getting ready to, to take a, that southern kingdom and carry him away into captivity into Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar and the Chaldeans. Now Habakkuk said, whoa, I, I don't understand this. This is, man, this is a lot heavier than I thought it would be. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. You may think that you could get by with living in sin because God doesn't quickly do something in your life. But the Chaldeans will come marching through your life one day. God knows how to get our attention. You say, well, preacher, what is the Chaldeans in our day and time? It might be sickness. It could be the death of loved one. It could be loss of job. It could be depression in our, in, in our nation. It could be financial ruin. It could be, I mean, we don't know exactly what it is. It could be all kinds of things. The Chaldeans could be all kinds of things. It could be that America could be taken over by another country. Oh, preacher, that could never happen. No, really. With the leadership we got up in Washington right now, it probably wouldn't be too hard. So preacher, you're not supposed to say that. But that's where we're at. The fact is, is that there's coming a day. The Lord is watching. He's looking. He, it's not that he's sitting still. Just because the judgment of the Lord doesn't come upon you immediately doesn't mean that the Lord is doing nothing concerning your sin. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 11 says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set to end them to do evil. Otherwise, you got people, whether they be Christian or whether they be the lost world, they, hey, I got by with this. I guess I can keep on doing it. God didn't do anything about it. I'm still going. Wasn't no judgment. Just because you didn't get judgment immediately. Just because God didn't do something immediately doesn't mean that he's not going to. In fact, the Lord himself says there in Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So it'll be coming. It's just a matter of reaching the season when it brings up fruit. 
And so many times in our lives we, we struggle with these things. It's, you see what it is. You say, well, preacher, why are you bringing this up? Well, I, I think in the day and time, we're, hidden, hidden, we're here we are. We're, in, in 2024, many people are burdened down with a lot of stuff. Many people are burdened down with what's ahead of us. I mean, you know, it's election year. We've got financial deals going on. We've got this things going on. There's, there's all kinds of, uh, of wars going on. There's all kinds. And we can get into all that stuff. But can I tell you what happens? People get under the burden and they forget that there's a God of heaven that loves them and cares for them. We forget many times that there's a God of heaven who, who knows what's going on. And he's willing to take care of that need in our lives and draw us close to him and lift that burden that we're carrying. And that burden is not always about the sin and the wickedness going on in the world. I, I'm going to get there in a minute, but I, I, I want us to look at, at the burden that is carried many times by people. And Habakkuk was a, an example of that because he was asking, Lord, why aren't you doing something about this? And many times in our lives as Christians... It may not be sin and stuff like that, but it may be other struggles that we're facing, burdens in our lives that are heavy. Maybe it's a wayward child. Maybe it's a, a, a loved one that we've lost. Maybe it's a, a, a struggle with health, or maybe it's a this or that and uh, going on in our lives. And we're looking, Lord said, Lord, this is such a heavy burden. Why, I, why aren't you doing something about this in my life? Don't you see what I'm going through? He does. He knows your heartache. He knows the struggle that you have. And He's there to carry us through. As far as a nation, as far as Christians in general, it's time for God's people to, which are the saved, those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior, to turn back to the Lord, to begin to live for the Lord again. Hey, listen, this may be the final year for us. We don't know. I'm not setting dates. I'm just saying, hey, listen, we're coming down. This thing's closing out at some point. And you begin to look at what's taking place in the world today, and you be on every, on every hand. A lot of people, when you begin to talk about what's taking place, they say, I don't want to hear about it. I, I just don't want to hear about it. And it's a burden on me. I'm going to tell you something. That burden shouldn't be a burden to you. And when you begin to realize that the Lord Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back, and boy, it ought to be an excitement in your heart and life. Realize, hey, listen, it may get bad here, but I'm getting out of here. It may be there's going to be struggles and difficulties, but the Lord's going to call me out of here one day. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air to be with him forever and so shall we ever be as the Lord the Bible says. But that doesn't mean we're not going to go through some burdened times. That doesn't mean we're not going to go through some difficult times. But I know how it ends. I like that song that old Roger Bennett, he's dead now, used to play the piano and sing with the cathedrals. And he wrote, he said, I, the song was I read the back of the book and we win. Boy, I'll tell you what, you get in the book, you find out that we win. Amen. But what's needed in Christians' lives today is for us to repent of our sins. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to take care of those things in our lives first and then draw nigh to God. These are the last days and He's preparing to do a work before He returns. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. One of the struggles that Habakkuk was having was finding people who were faithful unto the Lord. You know what one of the problems is today in our lives is finding people who are faithful to the Lord. It's amazing how many people I talk to, well, I used to go to church. Well, I used to live for the Lord. Well, I don't know. 
And it's hard to find many times people who want to live for God and to be faithful. But the Bible says that we're to be found faithful. When the Lord returns, will you be found faithful? Christian, these last days when sin and wickedness is abounding, let us be found faithful in, the, in living for the Lord. We're in need of revival in our churches today and getting back to the Word of God and living by it. We need to get back to holiness and, 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 and the Christian life and, and in the church again, putting away the worldliness in our lives, in our homes, in our churches. And, and 1 Peter 1, uh, 15 and 16 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. You say, well, preacher, can anybody be holy? Evidently we can. Because the Lord said, Be ye holy as I am holy. But not in our own power. Not in our own strength. But through the Holy Spirit of God leading us and guiding us. And allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to live His life through us. Can we be seen holy? Through that shed blood that covers our sins. That will carry us through. Because we need to be a part of the answer. Not a part of the problem. Many times today what you find is you find that Christians are part of the problem. We don't need to be part of the problem. We need to be part of the answer. Amen. Amen. Taking the gospel and reaching the lost souls and, and, and living for the Lord. There should be a, a great burden on our hearts as a Christian for the lost. In Jude there in verse 22 and, and, and 23 says, And if some have compassion, making a difference. You know what? There ought to be a burden on our hearts for those who are lost. Maybe family members. It may be co-workers. It may be just the person down at the gas station or at the restaurant that you meet and you see on, on many occasions or just maybe the neighbor across the street or, or some acquaintance that you know of. And, and maybe you see somebody and, and there ought to be a burden in our heart to reach people for Jesus Christ. To get the gospel out. To let them know what Jesus Christ can do in their lives. But they need to see what he's done in your life. And oh, there needs to be that burden again in our lives. Many times today, Christians no longer have a burden to reach lost people. We just kind of show up uh, at church and we kind of do our thing and then we go home and we never think about, hey, listen, other people need Jesus Christ too. Where would you be this morning? Where would I be had not somebody had a burden for you or me? Where would we be? Many of us would be lost, maybe dead, definitely out of church. You see, we need that burden, which is a good burden, to take the gospel to others, to encourage others, to get them. You say, well, preacher, I just don't know what to say. Tell them what. You say, I, 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 don't know how, I don't know how to go through the Bible and show them how to get saved. I'd be glad to show you how, how you can take a Bible and show them how to receive Christ as Savior. But the best, one of the best things I've always told people. Tell them what Jesus has done in your life. Tell them about your salvation. Tell them how you got saved. Because it's personal then. You know, one of the saddest things that, I've ever, that, that comes across as a pastor is when you're called to do a funeral and you sit down, you don't know the people necessarily, and you sit down with the family and say, did they know Jesus Christ as their Savior? And they look at you and they're like, I think so. They were a good person. 
Well, yeah. I, I mean, they was good people. Can I tell you something this morning? Going to be a lot of good people in hell. And there's going to be a lot of bad people in heaven. The difference is, is those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, no. received him as their Savior. My friend, hey, listen, we need to have a burden for the lost. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you need a burden about your own soul. Because you're going to spend eternity somewhere, either in heaven or hell. Everybody wants to try to paint some in-between place. You can't find it. It's either heaven or it's hell. He said, well, preacher, you talk about God being a loving God. Why would he send anybody to hell, a place, a, a lake of fire to burn forever and ever? Why would a loving God do that? He doesn't. You make the choice. I make the choice. Can I tell you something this morning? God did everything he could to lift your burden of sin. He gave his son, his only begotten son, to die on a cross. And when he was nailed to that cross, your sins and my sins was nailed to that cross with him. And he died for your sins and he died for my sins. And that if we would receive him as our savior, we could have eternal life. Well, preacher, if he died for all those, aren't we saved? Not until you receive the gift of God. Because it is a gift that he gives. But it's up to you to receive the gift. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Otherwise in our place. There's a burden. There should be a burden in our lives. If you don't know Christ your Savior, here's, here's what happens in your life. In Psalm 38 verse 4 it says, For my iniquities are gone over mine head. As in heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. You know what the psalm is saying? You can't save yourself. The burden of sin is too heavy for us to handle. Only Jesus Christ can handle it. Sometimes, Christian... The burdens of this old sinful world get to, too heavy to carry, but we have one who will carry the burdens for us also. The psalmist said in Psalms 55, 22, he says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I don't know what's going on necessarily in the lives of most people in this room, but there's no doubt in my mind that there's a, there's a multitude of different types of burdens that people are carrying in their lives every day. It may be just the everyday grind, day to day, trying to make ends meet, try to pay the bills, and it's, and it's weighting you down, and it's causing you to worry, and it's causing you to be frustrated, and you're saying, God, don't you know what I'm going through? I'm trying to live for you. Would you help me with this? It may be that there's a struggle uh, with sin, some type of sin in your life, and you, and you go to the Lord and you ask for forgiveness, and, and you think you got that thing whipped, and the next thing you know, it's back there again, and you're struggling with it, and, and you go to the Lord, and, you, and it's a burden in your life, and it's weighting you down. 
It may be, as I said before, it may be a wayward child that has turned to the world and, and you're heartbroken and you're heavy and, and, and people don't understand what a parent goes through when a child gets away from, 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 from living right and doing right and, and, and it's a burden and, and I've watched uh, moms and dads that literally almost kills them and it's such a heavy burden on their lives and they're saying, God, I, I try to raise them right. I try to do what's right. What's going on? It may be a burden of, Lord, they're closing down my work. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got this house payment. I've got this vehicle payment. I've got all these responsibilities. I've got a family. I've got kids. And Lord, what am I going to do? And the burden is heavy and it hangs over your head. The Lord says, cast thy burden upon the Lord. He said, let me have that burden. So, well, preacher, it don't seem like he's doing anything. But like I said before, he's already working before you even call on him. He's already doing something that you don't understand. As we allow him to come alongside us, he lifts our burdens. And we get in that yoke with him and he handles the burdens. Matthew 11, 29, 30 says, Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He said, well, preacher, I, okay, I understand that the Lord's uh, uh, burden is, is light, but what about mine? I'm carrying it. Come here. If this was the Lord, and he says, I want you to come under that yoke, he said, he said, my, my, my burden, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, yeah, but what about my burden? Look where that arm is. Your burden has been transferred to Jesus Christ. And he's lifted the burden. And you can go through life under that yoke because it's going to be easy. Well, what about my burden? It's no longer your burden. It's the Lord's. But you've got to yield it to Him. Here's what a lot of us do. Preacher, I'm going through so much, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And boy, and you've got that heavy burden. And, and, and it's legitimate. It's a legitimate burden. And you come and you say, I, Lord, uh, I need your help. And you cry unto him and you call unto him, Lord. And, and you lay, I'm going to lay, there's my burden, Lord. There's my burden. And you get up and you say, oh, Lord, please take that burden. And then you reach down and you pick it up again. And you've never left it with him. See, preacher, What am I supposed to do then? If you go over in chapter 2 of Habakkuk, you look down at verse 4. The very last words he says there in verse 4. He tells us, he said, And the just shall live by his faith. When you lay that down, by faith, don't pick it up. Because you just handed it off by faith to the one that can carry it.
you're going through those difficult times, those burdens of life. And the Lord says, would you give them to me? Would you give them to me? Would you give them to me? Would, would, you, would you trust me? Send it. Here's my burden. Here, Lord, I'm going to trust you with it, Lord. Oh, Lord, I need some relief. Would you carry my burden? Would you carry my burden? Would you do that for me, Lord? Lord, it's heavy again. It's heavy again. Lord, would you take my burden? Lord, and we almost, Lord, can you. But you've got to give it to him. And when you take it all, your hands off of it, you know what you're doing? You're trusting him. Living by your faith that he is able, that he is willing, that he loves you, that he cares about you, that he will take the load and that you can trust him all the way. But preacher, I don't know how he's going to work it out. He told Habakkuk, I'm doing work. If you go back up to verse 3 of chapter 2, he tells him, he said, Terry. You know what he's saying? Just wait on it. It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Thank you. Let me close with a song. Oh, preacher, please don't sing. <laughs> Burdens are Days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary, Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Cast your care on Jesus today. Leave your worry and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Troubled soul, the Savior can feel. Every heartache and tear, burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Can I say something this morning? If you'll trust him, he's already working on it. He's already ready to do something. But you've got to trust him by faith. And you've got to tarry and wait on him. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. There may be someone here today that the greatest burden that they have is that they do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. If they were to die today... Lord, they don't know that they'd go to heaven. Lord, I pray that they'd come. Let's take a Bible and let Jesus Christ lift that burden, lift that load. And Lord, that they might receive Jesus Christ their Savior. Lord, there's many burdens in this room. You know what they are. Lord, you're already working on them. But we've got to, by faith, trust you. It may take some tearing before we see what you're going to do. But you're already working on it. Have your will weigh in this invitation. May the lost receive Christ. May the Christian get under the yoke of Jesus Christ.
and allow you to lift the load, the burden today. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your head?